0: This is your morning juice.
1: Good morning. We have made it to Friday. I'm Matthew Norton with Paula Caruso. And guess what, Paula? This morning, we now know who killed Sam.
0: I don't watch that show, but I saw you tweeting about it. You were getting excited.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was very good. And How Smart of ABC, we're talking, of course, about how to get away with murder and the big cliffhanger that they've been uh, tossing out there all season long. How Smart of ABC to make sure tonight's episode, when we found out who killed Sam, was going to air during sweeps, the ratings period of November right there before Thanksgiving, before all the reruns begin. Pretty smart marketing.
0: So is this a show you've become hooked on this season?
1: I have, because there's lots of gay sex.
0: Oh, hello. (laughs) On network TV.
1: Yes, Entertainment Tonight did a big feature uh, not long after the season premieres began, and they were like, yowza, we we have never seen sex Uh, Like this before, so graphic on TV, Ms. Shonda is getting it done, not only the heterosexual scenes, but the gay scenes as well.
0: Okay, explain the premise to me, because I've never, I think I've seen the show's title in passing, but I don't know anything about it.
1: Yeah. So these law students are in a law school class where where Viola Davis's character teaches, and she's a well-known defense attorney in Philadelphia. She chooses about five students that can be a part of her practice for the semester. And of course, the stars of the show are chosen. In the midst of all of this, they help solve cases and go to court with her to learn the process. But then it turns out that Annalise, the lead character, Viola Davis's character, her husband may have committed a crime. And then I'm I it could even have been from the first episode on, we learned that her husband was going to get killed. We just didn't know who had done it.
0: Oh, okay. Interesting.
1: And so the whole story is very edited so well, and the writing is so good because it's a lot of flashbacks, then back to the present, and of course they try to tease you, oh, so you last week you thought it was going to be this, let me give you a little more information, because it couldn't have been this person, because look where they were at the time, or something like that.
0: Yeah, so where does the show go from here, if that was the main premise and it was solved tonight? Well,
1: I could tell you, but there was a whole other twist at the end of the episode, (laughs) and Honestly, I didn't, I didn't know how they were going to get to where they were getting because they kind of needed to for the series to kind of make sense going forward. And uh, I, I can't say any more because people will be tweeting me and calling me a big spoiler. I do have to rem- remind you that now audibletrial.com is sponsoring your morning juice, a full month available of audiobooks from Audible. And you can get one for free. Just go to audibletrial.com slash yourmorningjuice. Well, Paula, speaking of gay sex, two country stars came out yesterday big time (laughs) and said they have partners and everything. They're just now letting the world, including Nashville, know. No, Ty Herndon is one of them. He came out big time in a full feature in People magazine. I know the name, but I really honestly don't know his music.
0: Yeah, I I didn't either. And I didn't recognize his face, but they had written uh, some of his songs in the article that I feel like I've probably heard.
1: And he says that he's integrated religion. He and his partner are Christian, and he's integrated his religion into, uh, into his life, or reintegrated it, in, including his sexuality. And I like this quote. He tells People magazine, I sit on the tailgate of my pickup truck, and I meditate, and I talk to God. That's really all I need to know. I have a connection to something bigger than myself, and no one's going to tell me that I can't have it. We get to choose who we love, and that includes God, and he loves us back. So he's working things out for himself and his partner.
0: Yeah, he said, um, I I think he made a mention in that article how hard it was to be a country star. He didn't want to come out because of his career. He wanted to make sure that he could still be successful. So he hid this secret for so long. And I think he had a couple ex-wives even. Um, I I just can't imagine. Can you imagine singing about love and portraying yourself uh, one way, but knowing in your heart that you were completely different than the way you were portraying yourself to your audience. It had to be so hard for him over the years.
1: I know, but think of the hundreds of Broadway stars who've done it over the years singing those big ballads on Broadway.
0: (laughs) I would just have to let it all out. I wouldn't be able to keep it in.
1: (laughs) Well, we know you can't keep a secret, so you would be a very bad closet case. I'm
0: better at keeping secrets. I'm better these days.
1: You these days, you're better.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Why is that?
0: <laughs> because I'm married now, so I have to keep a lot of secrets from my husband. Like, how much money I'm spending.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> how much money the... Uh, uh, you don't have tile, but I'm trying to think you have, like, wood floors and yeah. and the mother-in-law suite. How much all that cost?
0: Yeah, yeah. I had to stop running things by him and just start buying it on my own undercover because he kept denying me purchases.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> denied, and she said, veto your denial.
0: Exactly. I'm the executive branch here, so.
1: Do you uh, take care of all the bills then at the end of the month so he doesn't see what you've bought?
0: Um, yeah, I keep it on my on my cards, and um, so he can't do much tracking of it. But he has a running joke with me that when the bills come. They come in his name, and he was like, it's funny, you go through all the mail and all the packages, but the bills here just pile up. He's he's always like, you never touch them, and I always claim I can't because they have his name on it, and that's a federal offense. I can't open anybody else's mail.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, also coming out yesterday was Billy Gilman in a very moving video on YouTube. He also says that he he has a partner, and the reason he's coming out, well, he said Ty Herndon gave him the... uh, Gave him the courage yesterday to make that video and to put it on YouTube. And also he said he was recently uh, somewhere talking with a reporter and they happened to end up, after the interview was over, a local reporter, wherever he was, he and his partner went to a fall festival and happened to run into the reporter. And that reporter took a picture of them together, he and his partner. So he thought, well, he'd better come out sooner rather than later. Otherwise, he'd be in one of those supermarket tabloids or something. And he wanted to get control of the story.
0: Oh, okay. I don't recognize him either. Do you?
1: Well, I'm going to play a little bit of his song because he was actually a child star and he appeared on the Today Show with Katie Couric singing this song in around 2000. with leanne rhymes too and she said uh she had a a pretty funny tweet she says i'm crying in a damn mcdonald's restroom in virginia thanks to you both ty herndon and billy gilman and then she uh hashtag speak the truth hashtag lgbt hashtag coming out
0: oh okay go go leanne what's she doing in virginia she on tour
1: She's probably singing, or maybe she's having sex with someone else's husband now. I don't know. (laughs)
0: Oh, low blow for a Friday, too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, it's, I forgot to mention, it's uh, Poetry and Prose Friday.
0: Oh, yeah, there's a good one. Do you
1: have a poem ready?
0: Sure, I do. It's a good one this week.
1: (laughs) Poor Cher. We have to give our our good vibes to her this morning. She's had to cancel the rest of her dress-to-kill tour because she's... Still got an infection that's affecting her kidneys, mm. and so um, I, guess, I guess she was able to go to about 49 tour dates, but the rest, she says, for like the first time in her career, she's having to cancel because of health problems. She's 68 years old, Cher.
0: Wow. And she still can tour that much? That's amazing.
1: I know, but apparently her kidneys are like, We need a little rest here, Ms. Cher. Could you please let us have a few months to kinda of recuperate?
0: Is it anything serious, did the article say, or just just an infection? I just
1: all I saw was infection. Oh, okay. Maybe you could maybe you could go to her doctor and promise to keep it a secret, <laughs> wink wink. Since you're so good at keeping secrets, wink, wink...
0: She's she's very open about all her medical and health procedures, so maybe she would just, you know, dish it out if I were to ask.
1: Yeah. I like how... Uh When you emailed me earlier today, you said this was going to, or yesterday, you said this was going to be the Gay Friday edition of the show. Because, (laughs) also making big news this morning, Sean Hayes tweeted yesterday for his throwback Thursday that he got married. And his throwback Thursday was a picture from a week ago.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he got married a week ago, huh?
1: Yeah. And his husband is music producer Scott Isnogel.
0: Don't know him. And it
1: kind of sounds like I snuggle, but it's ice snuggle.
0: <laughs> How long have they been together? They've had a kind of lengthy relationship, haven't
1: they? Yeah, it was, according to uh, Hayes' spokesperson, they've been together for eight years. Wow. So they surpassed the seven-year itch and are still going strong.
0: <laughs> yeah, but they just... Wait till
1: you hit the seven-year itch madam
0: (laughs) yeah but they just got married so the seven-year itch when you're dating has to be different because there's that thought process that i could get out of this if i wanted to but the (laughs) seven-year itch when you're married is i'm stuck it's been seven years and i got 54 more to go
1: Oh, my Lord. How long have you been married, ma'am?
0: Not seven years yet.
1: (laughs) Seven months?
0: No, I'm I'm post one year now.
1: (laughs) You better be with that baby. Did your mom count the months?
0: Oh, yeah, you know she did.
1: and a lovely catholic mom you have she counted those months as soon as you called her she's like she's like not listening to the rest of what you said because she was like counting back from the wedding (laughs) date counting forward oh oh, thank god (laughs) thank god (laughs) she can still take communion
0: absolutely she knew what was up
1: do you still go to that church where that that priest who married you and and He's, he's so good at playing poker that you actually got to know him through following to him to L.A. for a, a game show. Do, do you still go to that church?
0: Um, yeah, I do. He isn't at that church anymore. He's been transferred. Um,
1: oh, whoa, whoa. What's the story there? Oh,
0: he just, well, they, they rotate them every couple of years. They don't, like, let them stay at one parish forever. So huh. he actually left. It's probably been... Like, three or four years, I would say, he got transferred um, to the, like, Columbia area in the middle of the state. So he just came back and did our wedding because we asked him to.
1: Oh, he came back for your wedding. Mm -hmm. I got it. Okay. Mm
0: -hmm. Yep. And so uh, that was nice of him. But we enjoyed going through the process with him. But, yeah, so he's a couple hours away.
1: Nice. So he's now in the hotbed of sin, uh, Columbia, South Carolina.
0: Yeah, and it's funny because he said um, they put him at this little church that's like filled to the brim with families, and he was like, I think they gave me this church because they need to build a new one. He was like, I just came from the one <laughs> that just got built, and now here I am, and they're like, you know what, he's young, and so it's so rare to find young priests these days. So they probably send him to those parishes that need somebody to really you know, energize the people and get those new places built. Yeah.
1: There was the best story on 60 Minutes on Sunday night with Nora O'Donnell, who's Catholic, and she went to the Vatican to talk to the American uh, priest, bishop, I should say, who is the biggest advisor, the closest friend to uh, to the new pope, Pope Francis. And he was saying that he's one of these who's actually held other bishops accountable when they were— accused and then convicted, or the evidence was obvious that they had done what they shouldn't have done with little boys, and we'll just put that out there. Mm -hmm. But he said, after that scandal, he said, our seminaries were just empty. He says it was horrible. So I know what you're talking about, saying that there aren't many young people uh, going into the priesthood anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a—we have a lot of deacons, which in the Catholic faith is a man who can be married— who can perform most of the Mass, not all of the Mass, but uh, most of it. And they take on a lot of the duties of the parish because, you know, when I was growing up, we had basically two priests in our church, in every church. And nowadays, sometimes you have one priest who splits his time between two or three different parishes he has to lead. So there's been oh. a big surge in um, these what's known as a deacon, the deaconhood, which just uh, so they can get some help in the parishes with all the families and you know all the there's a lot of paperwork and stuff and then of course they can lead certain types of um, you know a wedding ceremony without a mass or they can lead you know some other things that the church needs mm-hmm. to do just to help out so yeah definitely changing times
1: yeah for sure speaking of changing times Glee is going to be ending. Uh, This season is going to be the last it's going to debut on January 9th, and uh, Glee on Fox is moving to Fridays for their last season. They're only going to have 13 episodes. They'll run for 11 weeks, and so Glee begins its last season on Friday, January 9th. My ex loved Glee, but I just never got into it. I, I tell you what, though, it's funny because sometimes, I can't remember if it was Pandora or what I was listening to, sometimes they would come up with a Glee song, and, you know, Glee covering Journey or whatever, mm. and I really got into some of their covers of of some of the popular songs from, like, the 80s and 90s, but as far as, like, watching the show, I just never really got into it.
0: I never did either, and, you know, I it started right when I was... Moving to Myrtle Beach because it's set in Lima, which was the town that I was moving from, and oh. yeah, I remember thinking that oh, I'll have to watch that show, and then I never really did. Other than like you said, I've caught a couple songs here and there. That's kind of that have kind of gained some steam, but I always wanted to watch it. It seemed like a good show. I just never, yeah, never got to it. You know, probably because it came out when we were on mornings, and it was so hard True. to watch primetime TV during those years.
1: Yeah, and even though we had DVRs or at least I did, it's hard to it's hard to like watch everything that you have on your DVR. So even if I would have put Glee on my DVR, if I wasn't that interested in it, I never would have watched it anyway because you have only so many hours when you're doing those crazy morning shows that are almost like an overnight schedule. Mm-hmm. You only have so many hours that you can actually pay attention to something in the afternoon when you're home before you fall asleep on the couch. Right,
0: exactly. That's what, if it didn't catch me in the first 10 minutes that I was falling asleep, I wasn't going to follow it much longer.
1: <laughs> I know. It, it was so crazy. Well, um, we do want to mention that the holidays are coming up, and, of course, everybody's looking for something to give. You could give someone a full month of Audible And do it on us, audibletrial.com slash yourmorningjuice. You can download all kinds of books that are narrated by the authors, celebrities like Amy Poehler and her new one called Yes, Please. Would you believe that in college, Amy was dating this really good-looking guy and... Amy admits in the book that she she'll snoop. If you invite her over to dinner, she's going to go through your medicine cabinet and go through your drawers and see if she can find your journal. It's just something that she does. So she found her boyfriend's journal while she was in college. And he you know what he wrote in there? He wrote in there that he felt really good about himself because for the first time he was dating someone who didn't look very good. And Amy's had to think about that for the rest of her life now. Can you imagine? So she tells it in a very funny way. And that's one of the books that you can download for free. Just go to audibletrial.com yourmorningjuice. And if you have trouble remembering that URL, I put a link every day in our post with our podcast at yourmorningjuice.com.
0: Please consider doing business with them. Mama's got to eat. This is your morning juice.
1: You know, Paula, we've been talking about how the ladies at The View haven't really been making much news lately. Well, (laughs) they must have been listening because they sure made news yesterday. (laughs) Did you happen to see it?
0: I didn't. You'll have to. uh, I was out of the house, so you'll have to give me the lowdown. What happened?
1: Well, they were talking about the Cosby case, of course. And I mentioned earlier in the week that Whoopi Goldberg says that she doesn't really believe these women and so they they all kind of had different points, but it ended up yesterday morning with all three of the women against Rosie O'Donnell, or actually I should say Rosie O'Donnell perceived it as the other three co-hosts against her. And you literally sit there, you just feel your stomach tightening as you watch it as it goes on and on. First of all, she calls out Whoopi Goldberg like, oh, you're mad at me now? And Whoopi's like, Oh, Rosie, I was just trying to adjust my chair. (laughs) (laughs) And then Whoopi, like, takes her her head in her hands and, like, turns away from Rosie. And then Rosie Perez is, like, trying to talk about how powerful social media is now, that the opinion online has forced NBC to cancel its Mm -hmm. new project with Cosby, TV Land, to take old episodes of The Cosby Show down and whatever else. Oh, uh, uh, I mentioned TV Land, and there was, oh, Netflix. Netflix. Uh, Yeah, they are not going to put that uh, comedy special online or, or stream it to your TV on Thanksgiving like they'd planned, and I bet we never see that through Netflix. I bet they just have to eat that cost. And so she was just talking about you know, the power of social media. And Rosie was like, so, blah, 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 blah. And Rosie's like, whoa, I feel like you're getting mad at me here. I'm not saying anything derogatory about you or your viewpoint. I'm not saying I disagree with you. Um, I'm just saying that it shows the power. And so basically, Nicole Wallace, the Republican on the panel, or I should say, I guess, conservative, she says, you know, she's not sure if... Um, if she believes these women, because there aren't facts. In other words, all we're getting is a group of women's uh, um, viewpoint about what happened versus Bill Cosby. And so Nicole Wallace says there really aren't facts for her to make an opinion, which really set Rosie off. And you could just watch her face boil like in anger, and her she was like jittery with her with her like feet and with her hands and. Oh, it was so awkward to watch, but I'm going to put a link to it so you and the listeners can go to YourMorningJuice.com, and I'll put a link to that because it it is great television, but it's cringeworthy television.
0: Well, but that's what makes great television, isn't
1: it? (laughs) (laughs) As we found out so many years ago. (laughs) And also, I don't know if you remember, but after every episode of The Cosby Show from, like, the 1980s, at the end would come up the graphic of who made the show, and it would say Carsey Werner. Well, that turns out to be a woman named Marcy Carsey and Tom Warner, a man, obviously. And so they have released a statement, because we were talking earlier this week What's going to happen when the question becomes, did executives who worked with Bill Cosby know that this was going on? Well, they say they did not. Here's their statement. Marcy Carsey and Tom Warner saying yesterday, The Bill we know was a brilliant and wonderful collaborator on a show that changed the landscape of television. These recent news reports are beyond our knowledge or comprehension. So Variety is saying they seem to be saying, don't blame us. We didn't know if anything was going on. We didn't know about it, Mm -hmm. while also saying that, you know, they aren't exactly saying that they believe the accusers.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, So on on the view, Rosie's point was believing of the accusers, and the other three were saying there just weren't enough facts to have an opinion. I know you had said earlier that Whoopi couldn't believe it earlier in the week.
1: Yeah, Rosie Perez, she really didn't want to take a, a stand one way or another. Nicole Wallace said, not enough facts to make a judgment. And then Whoopi said, so Rosie says to Whoopi, what do you mean? You just think these, you know, because the statute of limitations is gone, you know, and it doesn't look like these women are getting any money. So what What do you think these women made it up for? And wrote, uh, Whoopi said, I don't know. People are strange. They make things up all the time. Perhaps they just want to get famous this way, uh, which is a good point. But what? Uh, taking taking the view out of it and putting my view back in, what kind of strikes me is how the first two alleged victims' stories about being drugged with wine were so similar. Now, when you have Janice Dickinson waiting so long, uh, meaning so many years afterward and also a week into the latest scandal to make her claim, it's You know, if you think about it like a prosecutor, it's harder to believe or accept Janice Dickinson as a credible witness because she's been able to hear what the other 13 women have said. And she could be uh, making her story match on purpose. You know, Mm -hmm. and I don't know, maybe she was raped as well. Maybe no one was raped. But it just seems to me that the first two uh, who seem not to have anything to gain at this point, they've moved on with their lives. Uh, Although I do think, you know, they want— bill cosby to at least be held accountable in the court of public opinion mm-hmm. but their stories really matched at least in my opinion and of course like i said i'm new to this i have i have not paid attention to this story back when you know i didn't remember that he had settled this lawsuit maybe it didn't get much coverage so i'm i'm new to this i'll admit
0: just catching up here
1: yeah and we have to send our condolences this morning to diane sawyer who lost her husband uh from i've guess it was basically a heart attack mike nichols was famous in his own right as a big broadway producer and a feature film producer and the gays have him to thank for the birdcage with robin williams and nathan lane mm-hmm. just one of the funniest movies of all time and so uh, there are a lot of lists of the best mike nichols movies and it's funny that of all the the movies that he did the birdcage is making everybody's top five or top ten list you know
0: yeah, he did. Uh, he was behind the graduate too, wasn't? wasn't yes,
1: he? yes. Which I watched um, several years ago, just because so many people say that is one of the great American films of all time. But it's so weird watching it in the current, being a part of the current culture, because yeah. it's it doesn't have the same impact. It doesn't have the same shock value because of Mama Cougars and all the other trends.
0: Yeah, and the fact that it, it happens that type of relationship happens almost all too frequently in today's world.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Nice. Mhm. I know what you yeah. mean.
1: I mean, take a look at your husband. You <laughs> went for the older man?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Role reversal. <laughs> Lieutenant
1: Grant has a lot of stripes on those shoulders before he met you, if you know what I mean. <laughs>
0: I hope you don't know anything, actually. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, I have some more questioning for him.
1: <laughs> no, I just like to stir it up. Just I'm just, I'm the Rosie of this group. I just stir it up.
0: <laughs> You're the Rosie O'Donnell of the podcast. <laughs> yes,
1: I just keep on stirring. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: well, we got to get to our poetry and prose before we run out of time this morning. Do you want to go first with your poem?
0: I, sh- I sure will, and I have to say that, this, uh, that you sent this to me, so I don't know if you're trying to give me any type of messages with this, but it's called Kisses. <laughs> <laughs> there was an old maiden from Fife who had never been kissed in her life. Along came a cat, and she said, I'll kiss that, but the cat answered, not in your life. <laughs>
1: well that was from an unknown poet and I thought it was so funny it reminds me of one of those limericks that get passed down to generation to generation and those limericks often go in a not safe for work kind of direction but this one was <laughs> this one was all right for a general audience and I thought it was funny for a Friday
0: Yeah pretty timeless pretty timeless
1: For our prose section I chose uh, the Passion of Minerva Mullen. It's a screenplay by Pamela Schott and she has just won the grand prize in Writers' Digest Annual Writing Competition. They picked hers as the best screenplay. I don't know if you've ever read a screenplay, which you know is the script for a movie. Basically, oh, yeah. they begin with an introduction. And so I wanted to read the introduction because I think this is probably why she won. The introduction is written so well. To kind of uh, The introduction in a screenplay kind of gives you a little bit of the backstory of the characters and kind of puts the actors and the director in the mood of the piece before they begin reading the dialogue and stage direction. So The Passion of Minerva Mullen by Pamela Schott. Whatever you do, please don't tell my mom about this screenplay, because if she knew, if she knew that I was laying bare the story of a young girl circa 1979 on the verge of womanhood, a smart-ass middle child who has the unhappy distinction of being the product of, one, Catholic schools, two, the military, and three, a family that really knows how to take the fun out of dysfunctional, well, let's just say that she would wrongly assume that this is about her. In truth, this story belongs purely, solely, and absolutely to the aforementioned schoolgirl, one so-called Minerva Mullen, named for the goddess of war. Her father had big ideas, who has just about had it up to here with all the things she can't control, like nuns with rules and rulers, a dad with orders that send him to sea with every turn of the tide, a posse of brothers who are left to navigate the road to manhood on their own, and a pill-popping, perpetually pregnant mother with a manic depressive disorder that makes family life anything but livable and this is the story of how having stirred the wrath and ridicule of holy name school principal sister mary Battleax bernard one time too many minerva lands in holy hot water and finds herself charged with the impossible task of mounting the school's annual christmas pageant to sister's satisfaction complete with a real live baby jesus or face expulsion but can minerva keep the peace at home the family in holy names good graces and her own cool when a secret crush becomes her first true love For all the latchkey kids who remember what the world felt like when Iran took American hostages, who found the fun in a slinky and pet rocks and pong, who yearned for the first kisses, first cars, and first place in the spelling bee, and who witnessed the advent of the self-help movement, watched helpless as their families fell apart, Minerva's story is a story about what it's like to go kicking, kicking and screaming into an uncertain future. But it's definitely absolutely and positively not about my mom. So please, whatever
0: you do, don't
1: <laughs> tell her about this screenplay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
1: <laughs> what a beginning. I mean it just it just runs from there, it just takes off running, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, That's And
1: awesome. I'll I'll put a link to that as well, uh, because Ms. Shot deserves some credit along with Writer's Digest for putting the spotlight on new writers as well, so I'll put a link to where you can read more, a longer excerpt of this screenplay, and maybe somebody will actually make it into a film.
0: Yeah, that would be awesome. The one screenplay I've read just on a whim um, was for the movie Fletch. (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah, only because it's Grant's favorite movie, and I was trying to look at some different, for some gift, I can't remember what the holiday was, but I was trying to find like different cool like unique type gift things and so I found that screenplay online and I started reading it and then I just got into it because it's such a funny movie that I was like really got caught up in reading it it's kind of cool like what if you've seen the movie to then go back and read the screenplay
1: yes and I can't remember what movie but I did that once after seeing the the version that made it to film I found online the script. And in college, um, a professor made us read plays um, as part of a course. And that was very interesting too because you kind of take away in some ways more from it as far as intellectually, but I guess the more emotional part comes when you see real people performing it. But we read, I remember vividly, we read All My Sons, which uh, was very moving. And that, that just got you to kind of, branch out and think, well, books aren't the only thing to read, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So many different ways to absorb good writing.
1: I know. Well, I hope you catch up on your sleep this weekend.
0: I hope I do, too. I think I'm going to take the little one to meet Santa, so we'll see how that goes. I might have a story for you on Monday.
1: (laughs) Well, I didn't know that Santa showed up so early these days at the
0: malls. Yeah, I was surprised because I thought Thanksgiving weekend kind of kicked it off with Black Friday and everything, but... um, He's been at our local mall for a couple weekends now, I believe. So, I guess just like the Christmas decorations, it starts earlier and earlier.
1: Well, you need Drew to grab the video camera so you can get her on the news.
0: Uh, we'll see. That's actually uh, maybe maybe I'll take some video and send it in. Hey,
1: it's ratings time, baby. We gotta we gotta pimp that baby out.
0: <laughs> pimp that baby. I mean, Kathy <laughs> Lee
1: did it with Cody for years and years.
0: Yeah. Cody and Cassidy.
1: Yeah, true. Well, have a good weekend and we'll see you back here Monday morning.
0: Thank you, you too.
1: All right. Thanks for listening to Your Morning Juice.
0: Your Morning Juice is a production of Knob Hill Media. Stay up to date throughout the day at yourmorningjuice.com.